The Super Speedway Podcast is a Dream Bigger Media production. For news, photos, show notes, and information about advertising on the podcast, visit www.thesuperspeedway.com. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Super Speedway. Coming to the white flag. Too close to call at the line. It's the last lap at Eldora, and Briscoe and Infinger are banging doors side by side. Through three and four, who's going to win it? The Dirt Derby. Briscoe nudging ahead. Infinger coming, and it's going to be Chase Briscoe. Welcome to episode 70 of the Super Speedway podcast, recorded July 24th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Young. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, James Cush. James, does it give you chills listening to that finish at Eldora? Whew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, is that, uh, who was who yelled the, oh, yeah? Was I, that uh, Bell or Larson? I think it was Michael Waltrip at the end. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> um, not the most epic of, of calls for a race. I mean, it is it is our minor leagues, but uh, Vince did okay with it. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the finish made up for any any errors in the call or the stumble over the dirt derby. <laughs> if you yeah, noticed he, it. He, yeah, he definitely got tripped <laughs> up there at, at a certain point. But what it's a, all right. What a race. What a race. And we'll talk a little bit about the dirt derby in a few minutes. But first, let's talk about the Foxwoods Casino Resort 301 from the New Hampshire Motor Speedway this weekend. The NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series. Uh, Kevin Harvick gets it done, gets the victory, becomes the lead driver of the big three with a little bump and run on Kyle Busch. What would you think of that, James? Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> yeah, so, that was, uh, I mean, you know, as clean as you can do it. It was It was a pretty clean bump. Uh, that, is, yep. that is for sure. I mean, you don't need to do a whole lot to get somebody up out of the groove at New Hampshire, but... Uh, I guess the, the question I have, and I've got it here in the notes, James, was it too early and was it the right move? Let's let's look at the big picture of everything, including the rest of the season. Was it the right thing to do and was it too soon in the finish? Because we, there were, I think, seven to go when he when he when he made the move. So what do you think? When you ha- when you have a chance to take the lead, you take the lead <laughs> no matter what the circumstances. And if that was the best move for it, then by God, you do it. You don't. You can't – I know these guys are good, but you can't risk not going for it right. at this point. And Kevin Harvick's got nothing to lose, and neither does Kyle Busch, well, really. But he does have a championship to lose should right. Kyle get the chance to repay the favor at exactly. the right point. Yep, and that, that was a huge moment for – you know, you make a great point. A huge moment for the race win, but that's playoff points, playoff right. seating. And right there, Kevin Harvick um, – I believe he pulled even with Kyle Busch at that point. So uh, it's just, I, I'm not a big proponent of waiting to make the right move or trying to do it a certain way. Right. If you got a bu- if you got a chance to give him the bumper, just give it to him. I don't know why people get so wadded up about the bump and run. Yeah, I I love the bump and run. I think you know that's what NASCAR was made made on. I did feel like at the time as I was watching it, I I, I knew it was coming. But I thought it was early. I thought seven to go. You give. I mean, he was he was the faster car, and I felt like he was going to get by Kyle regardless, and probably didn't need to make the move, didn't need to ruffle the feathers, didn't need to sign the permission slip, as many said, to give Kyle the the permission to do that back to him later in the season or the next chance he gets. But you know, I listened a little bit. I heard some interviews after the fact, 
and and Harvick was talking about f- for one, there was rain coming, and Kyle was they they mentioned on the TV broadcast that Kyle was complaining about rain and calling. Of course, he's getting tracked down, and the leader always calls for rain, but. Harvick was seeing those same raindrops on his windshield. He didn't know if he had seven laps or not to finish the race for one. And obviously cars change and whatnot. We've seen guys get to people's back bumpers and have a chance at making the move and then fading at the end and and not getting that opportunity because they didn't make it. So um, I I see more. I I understand more why, why Harvick made it when he did. Again, I have no problem with it. I think this is. This is good stuff, man. That's we, NASCAR racing. We need these guys battling. We need we. I mean, honestly, I was a little disappointed at the end because Kyle wasn't too upset about it. No, he I was upset. Be, in the, I want right. to be mad. <laughs> yeah, he was upset in the moment, but he let it. He let himself settle down. Yeah, and, I want a rivalry between these guys. I want these top three hating each other. I don't want you, them liking each other. We talked about this last week, though, Eric. We, I mean, you can see it coming. Oh yeah, it, it's it is playoff. building. <laughs> yeah, it's it's brewing. Yeah, we're still early in the uh, in the brewing process well, right now. It's, it, there's it's good. this is one of those times in this like we had this when we, when we first did the chase in the the win winner take all format when all the the you know intensity ramped up. We had that building, and then we had a couple fights and get-togethers in, in the playoffs, and, and while well, the chase at the time playoffs now, and you just you could feel it building to something, and I feel that same way right now. We've had three good races in four weeks. Kentucky was the only snoozer in the Cup Series. Um, the truck race was okay, but the the Cup Series, you know, three good, really pretty good races. New Hampshire. Maybe not the greatest race. I mean, certainly not the greatest race of the season. Good finish. Um, by New Hampshire standards, freaking awesome race because usually the races yeah. there are terrible. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think, you know, it's, good things are coming. We're not in the playoffs yet. We've still got a ways to go yeah. before the playoffs. And, you know, that the fact that we've got three guys running for it, if they can all continue to run good, you know, I don't care that it's, you know, we talked about it last week. I don't care that it's just three guys. At least it's three guys and not one. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. That was exactly my point. You've got three guys, and they are all hitting on all cylinders, yeah. and they have been. They have been all season, and they are just going to end up around each other at very critical moments. Well, and the great thing and is it, too good. is not only are those three guys hitting on all cylinders, those three guys are running up front, but we keep getting these little sneaks of other people to the party. Yeah, there's like little firecrackers out there. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had anybody that's been able to to actually contend with them consistently, but we've had Clint Boyer up there. We've had Kyle Larson up there. We've now had Eric Almarola up there. You know, Brad Keselowski snuck in there. Joey Logano snuck in there. These guys are there, and all that's going to do is make that intensity even more, having these guys slip in and slowly catch up to these three. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about this season, the way it's been going. You know, we've had some down moments. There's been so much negativity, and I've tried to block it out, and maybe it's because I've been doing that that I'm enjoying it more. But I am I am down with the season right now. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been as entertaining as a, of a season as we've had in a couple of years. Yeah, it's 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 looking like we we've got a, we've got some classic moments, and I know that's the that's the big thing with the playoff slash chase is getting those game seven moments, and yep. we're gonna we're definitely gonna have them because I I don't believe i've and i've said that i i still believe that we are not going to have all three of these guys make homestead well that's the thing i was so, just going to say you know you've got somebody's going to fall off kyle larson comes in here and wins two races in a round he knocks somebody out you yep. know i mean there's 
the, the because of the win and you're in thing, especially as we get further into the playoffs, these guys are all going to make it through the first round. Yeah, no problem. Oh, I mean, yeah. they, they'll, they'll they pretty much it, could uh, stay home and make yeah. it through the first round. Yeah, but once you get to those round. later rounds, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think all three of these guys are racing at Homestead. And if they are, awesome, you know, even yeah. better. But I think I don't think they will be. I think one of them is going to get left out at least. Yeah, I think uh, Talladega is going to have going to cause some issues. And I think the Roval is oh, going to yeah. probably I mean, we've got a couple of wild cards in there, mm -hmm. you know, looking way down the roads. So that's really going to um, it's really going to test these guys. And, and, you know, for the most part, these three guys have been perfection. Right. There haven't been too many mistakes, and it's just who's going to who's going to make those mistakes when the time comes. Definitely, um, we would re be remiss if we didn't mention Eric Almirola, who had probably a race-winning car, um, had a had pit stop issues at the end, and they showed the pit stop after the race, and they said they you know they showed it in slow motion, and they're like that one little hiccup, and it's like even in slow motion I didn't see the hiccup. But yeah. fell back and, uh, and and managed to get back up for third and spoil the big three party up front. Uh, got ahead of Truex. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, Almirola's there. These guys are there sneaking in. Yep. I think we're going to have a couple more. I mean, Chase Elliott ran well during the day. He he looked strong earlier. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a point when uh, I forget who was up front. There were cars up front that just – Matt Kenseth was running up front, you know, at one point. And so, I don't know. It's It's – it's just a fun year. I like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and I would, if I was uh, if I was in that team meeting at Stuart Haas Racing, I wonder what the crew chiefs between the 10 and the 14 would have been saying to each other. Yeah. Because Clint Boyer really, that caution really screwed up Almirola's shot. Yeah, Boyer lost the race for Almirola for sure. And I think it, so. it wasn't Boyer's fault. I don't know. That no, it, it was, was the first domino that led to the eventual losing of the race. Yeah, and Boyer was beat up afterwards about it, and... You know, I guess from the sounds of it, they were talking on the radio like that lap that they were going to come in, and it just was one lap too many. But, um, you know, that stuff happened. Almirola is going to get himself a win in that car, and I, it's probably going to come this season. I mean, the way yeah, they're, that they're, they're running. Good. I mean. And my, yeah, and my pick two weeks in a row, Kurt Busch, he led the most laps on the day. Yeah. You know, it's all the Stuart Haas cars. Right. I, I keep thinking Kurt's going to get a win here, and he's, you know, he's leading laps the last two weeks, but hasn't been able to get the job done. Right. Yeah, but it was all, all the way all, around. Good. All in all, good race. Um, good competition again for New Hampshire. I think maybe they finally figured out the grip strips, where to put them, um, how much to put down to make that work. Um, it definitely seemed to help the racing, I think, um, on uh, on Sunday. Maybe the weather played a little bit of a factor. Um, kudos to NASCAR again for getting a race in, getting a full race in on a day when – you know, they were predicting Thursday that we weren't racing at all. Like we might be, not be racing until Tuesday. And once again, yeah. we get the yeah, race in. Now, yeah, that's, that's why I don't buy these weather reports. You know, you can re you can guess all you want. And, you know, the big there's a couple guys. Um, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but there's a couple guys on Twitter that are uh, in. They do the race weather predictions and stuff, and they do a really good job of it. And they were calling 50, 40 to 50 percent chance of racing on Sunday. So they, it, it wasn't doom and gloom for them there. Although they were really doom and gloom for Michigan and we managed to get at least past halfway in that one. Um, but you know, it's the, the radar can only tell you so much. The models can only tell you so much. Oh yeah. I mean, they were talking yeah. on the, on Sirius that, you know, it was the radar was done raining, but it was still raining at yeah. <laughs> New Hampshire. So yeah. you, know. you don't know anything about weather until the day before. Right. And exactly. Even then it's still a crapshoot sometimes. 
It's it's the old weather rock thing. If the rock is wet, it's raining. If it's dry, yeah, it's, it's pretty know, much that simple. If it's dry, it's it's not raining. If it's down the street, it's windy. You know, I, that's pretty yeah. much that's that's what works. So yeah. Um, who else we want to single out on this day? Uh, Chase Elliott again had a strong performance. He finished fifth. Ryan Newman up there in sixth. Yeah, he's good there. Yeah. He, uh, he was on my bench for the fantasy team. I should have probably went with him, but uh, he's good. Uh, Johnson, he's creeping in and still creeping yeah. in. He's he's hanging there, and that's another guy, you know. Yep. You just never know when it's going to click, and they're going to get their stuff together. And yep. You know, the, this system, all they got to do is get one win, and they're in the playoffs. And for sure, yeah. Anything can happen. So go on a uh, run late in the season, you can win the championship on it. For sure. Um Gosh, I'm trying to think of anybody else who had a good run. I mean, it was just a kind of a typical day. Yeah. Um, you know, A.J. Allmendinger had a pretty bad situation, knocked him out. Uh, other Boyer than that. There. Brad Keselowski in the back in yeah. 32nd. Stenhouse, he had a bunch of issues. Yeah, Stenhouse. Stenhouse. <laughs> Stenhouse has kind of got the mark of death on him right now. Yeah. It's not good. Uh, uh, Bubba Wallace finishes 24th. I and I didn't put this in the show notes, but we might as well mention it. Uh, Richard Petty says he plans on Bubba being back next year, despite the fact they only had a one-year contract. So looks like Bubba nice. got, a, got himself a ride next year. That's good. Yeah. Hopefully it works out for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Penske guys were good. Um, other than that. Pretty standard day. About, yeah, bro, it's pretty standard day. I mean, you got three guys in the top four, so. Right. You know. <laughs> If any, one of those guys would have had a bad day, we probably would have had a little bit more to talk about. But um, overall, just a, a good race, and we had, a, you know, we had a nice crop of lead uh, guys who led laps. Right. Um, you know, you mentioned Almirola, Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch. Uh, you know, a lot of it, there wasn't really anybody who dominated the lap count. Um, right. Kurt Busch kind of, you know, he he had 94 to Truex 83, but for the most part, it was pretty pretty even across the board. Yeah. Um, one thing I was disappointed with with was with the weather. Uh, of course, this was New Hampshire's first season with just one race again, and you couldn't tell crowd-wise whether people, you know, put more emphasis on this race because there was only one or not because of the weather. Yeah, the stands were pretty empty for it. Um, so that's a little bit of a disappointment. But uh, I don't know. It seemed seemed like people embraced it pretty well. Um, I know yeah. they've got another NASCAR weekend. At NASCAR or they the track keeps saying we're. We don't have just one NASCAR weekend. We just have one cup weekend. There's another modified, but nobody's even paid attention to the, Yeah. you know, no offense to New Hampshire, but yeah. if the cup cars aren't there, it's off the radar for everybody. Yeah. It's so. not, yeah, it's not the big event. No. You're going to, it's yeah. You just got the little guys, but the modifieds are pretty cool there. They yeah. run. Oh, I mean, I've yeah. watched a couple modified races there and, and they are pretty sweet. So modified so cars are great on a mile long flat track. Yeah, just holding it down. I mean, think of how good they put on the show when they did that, the Bash at the Beach or whatever at Daytona on the backstretch. I mean, yeah. it's literally a flat section of asphalt, and they put on a spectacular show. So yeah. Those modifieds can hold it out, man. They even just wide even the K&N cars put on a good show on a, on a flat track. They have got they run the bias ply tires, I think, a lot of the time. And Well, they can run the corners so much faster. Right. You know, they, they just are able to, to have a little bit more control through the corners, and it makes for – you know, pretty exciting racing. So, right. Yeah, it's just, it's just be good. It's not a cup race, but um, I don't yeah, have it in the show part. notes. But uh, Christopher Bell wins the Xfinity race and beats out Brad Keselowski. So that yeah, was a good one. Second week in a row win for Christopher Bell, and he does it. He beat he t- beats Kyle Busch the first week and 
Brad Keselowski the second week. So that's two champs. Yeah, that's something for that kid. And they, I was listening to them talk about it on Sirius today. Like how how can you or how long can you keep him out of the Cup Series? Well, and Toyota. I, um, I, you probably read the same you're article. Gonna, you're going to beat me to it right now. No, go ahead. No, you, you take it. You take it. But yeah. yeah. Toyota I says agree. they're going to they're going to keep him in the series for one more year in the Xfinity series for one more year. But they are, um, they. I did read that they are not going to make the Kyle Larson mistake. I don't know if you saw that, but they had a chance to get Larson right um, for Chevrolet, and they took too long, and right. Kyle Larson got away from him. I find and, it interesting they keep talking about Kyle Larson, and nobody's talking about William Byron because the same thing happened there. Yeah, well, William Byron hasn't broke, hasn't quite broke through yet on right. the cup side. I think once he it'll does, come. It'll, it, yeah, <laughs> it'll yeah, come. it'll come. It'll come. <laughs> that kid's too good for it not to come. Yeah, if uh, Hendrick gets their stuff turned around and Byron starts performing, they're gonna go, oh yeah, that guy used to drive for KBM. Yep. What are we thinking? Yep. So, all right, that uh, I think that pretty much covers New Hampshire, right? I think we. Yep. I think that's about there. it. So Heck we, of a race. we had uh, we had another race during the week, and uh, you guys heard about heard the uh, call at the beginning of the show. Uh, the Eldor Dirt Derby 6th Annual from Eldora Speedway. Uh, Chase Briscoe, Grant Enfinger for the win at the line. Um, I forget what it was, point like three seconds, something like that. Um, Chase Briscoe gets the win. You got it? Yep. Tight. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, excellent race. I just I, I, There's not much to say about it. It's just another excellent race at Eldora. I was out there, um, got to take in the experience from the infield, stood in the – the photo tower outside of turn two and took some photos from right above the fence. That was pretty exciting. Um, hang out in the love tunnel. I, I didn't hang out in the love tunnel. I made a few trips through it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but again, I just, you know, spectacular race. We've not had a disappointing race at Eldora yet. Last year was the closest thing to it. When we had all the fiasco with the mud and stuff, yeah, um, the, the long delay. Yeah. Th- this year we didn't have those just constant cautions this year. The track was good. Everybody kept it together for the most part. Um, and uh, I don't have his name in front of me. Who was the kid in the 51 truck that um, – shoot, what's his name? Uh-oh. <laughs> Logan Seavey. Uh, yes. Logan Seavey had himself a race one, and then they got a late caution that uh, bunched field back up, and, and he wasn't able to he, – he got the first restart but didn't quite get the second restart. And uh, ended up falling back to I think eighth was where he finished. Yeah, he ended up finishing eighth. He led 53 laps. Yeah. So yeah, nice. Yep. So I think we'll be hearing more from him for sure. Um, but yeah, just an all-around great race. Cautions fell at the right time. It was exciting. Um, James, you watched it on TV, I assume, right? Yep. Yep. It how, was good. How, how is it from the TV? Because I've never watched it on TV. I've always been there. And yeah. I was in the, no, in they... the infield, so I don't get to see the same aspect even as sitting in the stands. Yeah, no, they, the TV always does a good job. I, I enjoyed the fact that they had a little, I, I noticed we're doing a lot of um, broadcasting where we've, you know, we're doing, we're trying some fun things. Um, I rush rather have Larson in the, in the race, but yeah. <laughs> they, those guys did a good job. Um, TV did a good job, but the, the, the racing from, from TV, it looks, I mean, you can tell that they're not really moving too quick, right? Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. At Eldora, it doesn't. I mean, it's just a good show. You know, TV covers it really well. The there was not a lot of. I you know one of the things that you you may worry about is you know dust or you know a haze over a dirt track and right. You no, know, Tony and his crew had that bad boy looking good. It was uh, you know, from my seat, it was good. Probably not as good as yours, but uh, I still enjoyed it. My seat was really good for the portion of the track I could see, but of course, I never could see the whole track from anywhere. 
Um, there was a pretty good spot you could stand. If you if you stand on the inside, out coming out of turn two, the big screen is right in front of you, so you can see whatever's happened on the other side of the track, and you can see almost halfway between turns three and four, and you can see in a, from turn one through the through turn two. So you can see pretty much three quarters of the track for the most part. So that that works pretty well. Um, it's the the front stretch is a tough spot at Eldora because they cram everybody on pit road. And so you can't really see past pit road at all. So you really don't see any of the front stretch when you're in the infield. So, um, but, uh, so Tony Stewart decided to throw some news around and drop. What did you, what did you call it? A smoke bomb? Is that what you told smoke me? Bomb. Dropped a yep. little smoke bomb before the race on Tuesday. He was on uh, Sirius XM and called for fans to, to lobby NASCAR and tell them they want an Xfinity or cup series race at Eldora of course, that spurred the talk of, again, whether we should run Xfinity or Cup on dirt. Tony doesn't want to run Xfinity or Cup on dirt. He wants to run them at his track at Eldora. So you start talking about Charlotte. You start talking about Knoxville. Tony's not in that conversation because he wants them at his track. So his his leanings are a little bit different. But well, what, do you, what do you think, James? We've talked about this before, you and I. I think we talked about it last year on the podcast. My feeling has always been I like this being a special thing for the trucks. But I'll let you give your response, and then I'll I'll tell you the way I yeah. feel at this point. No, Tony. There, and I think the reason Tony politics that way is because he's got the resume now. Right. He's got six years worth of truck series racing, saying, "Hey, this works. It's the best show of the season. Yeah. Let's take it to the next step." Um, and I know you know some of the Cup guys are are uh are iffy about it right uh, you know even even so far as kyle larson saying it, he doesn't think that it would work and he you know there's got to be some changes uh before that would happen um but i understand where tony's coming from i am on the fence still <laughs> i think i'm i think i'm coming around to well, what the heck ever i mean you know we're, if we're gonna have these schedule changes if we're, if we're gonna if we're going to cobble together a road course inside Charlotte Motor Speedway, what's what's the difference? <laughs> you yeah. know, why why not have a one-off dirt track race somewhere in you know in the schedule? I wouldn't put it in the playoffs or anything, but or you know maybe make it an all-star type event. But we could get the Cup cars out there, and I'd be okay with it. Here's my thing. Like I said, I was I was very much against it in Xfinity or Cup because I really like it being something special for the trucks, but it it kind of seems stupid not to do it. I mean, at this point it works. Fans are clamoring for short track racing. And you know, if you really like, I don't know if it's like this all across the country, but if you go in Michigan where I, where we're from, you go look around and go to go to the local asphalt tracks, go to the asphalt tracks in our area. There's one asphalt track in Michigan that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, maybe two, because I think uh, Kalamazoo does pretty well too. But Berlin Raceway down in, in Grand Rapids has pretty good shows. They have good turnouts. But none of the other asphalt tracks have big turnouts. People aren't racing asphalt anymore. But if you go to the dirt track, I work at Tri-City Motor Speedway in Auburn. Merritt Speedway is just north of me here. Um, Crystal Motor Speedway down south of us. These tracks are just killing it with the dirt track dirt track racing. They're getting huge car counts every week. And I think the fact... NASCAR is supposed to be the best of the best. And if if your local track is running dirt, if you're going to watch dirt racing, don't you want to see the big guys do that too? Isn't that kind of what you... I mean, 
not only that, but we've got we're going into this whole retro thing where we're, we're you know Darlington with the retro race and all that stuff. Um, we're going through these changes. We're in this transition period. You know, fan sizes are smaller. There's just everything is lining up to do this. We used to race on dirt. There's no reason why we can't race on dirt again. Um, right. And I'm not one. Th- you know, I used to say one race on dirt a year, do the trucks. That's it. I even feel to the point where I would like to see. I forget who it was now. Somebody tweeted out a schedule, a proposed schedule. With, oh, that was a truck series driver. Who was it? Oh, oh my gosh. I know what you're talking about. I don't anyway. remember. Anyway, it was it was excellent. There were a couple dirt tracks. The he had Aldora for the truck for the trucks and the cup cars, but he had Xfinity running at like Charlotte on the dirt track. He had these things split off. They had, you know, there were there were one or two dirt races for the Cup Series. The Truck Series had a few more dirt races. There was a mix of short tracks in. You didn't go to any track twice. It just was perfect. And I think I think that's what we need to do. We need to work the schedule where we've got we're not going to tracks twice. Um, and, and work some of these tracks in Eldora deserves the right to be the first dirt track, but I would not mind seeing a couple. I don't want to yeah. make, I don't want to do the mile and a half thing where three quarters of the schedule becomes dirt tracks, but I think a couple of them would be great. I think that yeah, if you've, if you've got two road courses, why not, you know, yep. or well, three got technically, we got three now, right. Quote unquote. Um, and I, th- I, yeah. I think you know, like you said, this cobble thing that they're doing at Charlotte is the perfect example. I, I, I think I told you my prediction is in 10 years within the next 10 years, we're going to run a cup race on dirt. It's going to happen. I, yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think Tony's got himself uh, in pretty good position to make it happen. It's just, if we're, if we're basically adding a bunch of crap to a, an oval track, like a, a storied oval track so that we can run a road course race there. That mm-hmm. just goes to show you that the, the minds are open we're going to do this this schedule shakeup hopefully god i hope i just read an article again yeah. today that there that the schedule shakeup might not be what everybody hoped it's going to be hopefully well, we shake yeah. the schedule up in in 2020 yeah. and but these these rich guys these rich track owners nascar included yep. they've got to f- give up stuff and yep. that's the problem right like what, what are they going to give up to and, and you know you know they're all about what's going in their pocket Right. And that's, that, you know, that's the that's the problem. But, you know, I, I know that I, I think it's been is it been correct me if I'm wrong, two or three years now. The truck race is not has not been a sellout. Right. But it's still pretty popular in person. Right. Uh, I know if they got the cup cars or even if they if they got if they just got Xfinity, for example, I think they would sell it out and then some. Yeah. Um, I, I, hope I don't that even want to do Xfinity. I think Xfinity is a step a step sideways. I don't think yeah. it, I don't think it makes any sense to add the you've Xfinity series proven, that weekend. Yeah, you've proven and you've proven it at this point. I think it's, you know. I think you you. Run I'm the, okay with it too. You run a truck. You run the trucks one night. You run the cup cars the next night. That's how you do it. Yeah, I you know I I'm still kind of skeptical about it a little bit, but like you know like we said at the beginning of this conversation, what does it matter at this point? We're you know we're looking for any way to get attention. <laughs> right. In the, on the sport now you know, don't get me wrong Eldora needs some updates if we're going to do this and I personally yeah, think, I think Tony said that I you know I think they, Tony said he needs in. to put a pit road in there a legit pit road so we can have I mean I don't think you're going to have you know live pit stops throughout the race but we need to have an option for pitting I don't I don't know that the the stage break thing makes as much sense for the cup cars um, and it I mean 
I'll tell you what, the media center is beautiful. Uh, and we were talking about it. They were, they were talking about it down there uh, on race weekend. I mean, it's of, of the tracks I've been to, it's probably like number two uh, of the tracks I've been to as far as media centers. It's pretty spectacular. Um, and I guess they, they were saying the care center is nothing like you'd ever see at a dirt track anywhere. Um, but they need, you know, they need some suites. They need a press box. They need some stuff. Um, I, the seats are pretty primitive. I mean, you're basically sitting on a wood, you know, a uh, wood bench, um, for the yeah. best seats. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely some things that have to happen, but <laughs> you got you, people bringing in lawn chairs, right? You get the, you get the, you get a cup weekend and the, and the money that comes the TV money that comes with that. And you can add those upgrades pretty easily, I think. So, and, and I, I don't think you need to put, you know, 80,000 people in Eldora. You 40. Know. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, make it a make it a premium ticket, you know, whatever. I mean, honestly, to go nuts with seats right now anyway, with with most people watching it on TV versus going in, in person anyway, it'd be stupid to go completely nuts with seats. I think right now they're pushing 18,000. Yeah, they're it for the trucks. Yeah, right around there, I think, is what so, it was. Of course, we yeah, don't know because they, they don't release those numbers anymore. Yeah, and, and the Kings Royal the weekend before puts in more people. Uh, more people yeah. come for the sprint cars, but of course you've also got three nights of World of Outlaws racing too. Yeah, so. I think just getting the Cup guys out there would do such a good would be such a goodwill thing yeah. for the old school fans. Well, and the thing is too is what they need to do when they do it is they need to get people like Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell, which obviously Kyle Larson would be racing it if a Cup if Cup was there. But they need to get these dirt guys out there to help with it because I know a lot of dirt people. I work with a bunch of dirt people. And a lot of the dirt people think NASCAR is silly running these cars that aren't designed for dirt on dirt. So you need yep. to have those guys there to legitimize it a little bit more, too. Yep. So you don't. And that was cool. Larson's whole point. Yep. That was Larson's whole point. He said these cars aren't, you know, the trucks and the cars are not made to run but on we dirt. we raced them there. You, there, yep. there's, there was a video that was circulating during the week there of the USAC series, USAC running full-size stock cars back then. And that was, I mean, they were talking in the, in the 80s or 70s. Arca These things were freaking dirt. boats. Yeah, exactly. Arca, exactly. Arca runs dirt right now. Yeah. Um, they raced a Deadspin did an article a couple years ago. They raced Lamborghinis out there. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think like it, your street version Lamborghinis. I think we've proved that it, it could work. Um, and now it's just time for NASCAR to take the step and yep. the, the tracks to do what's best for the series and, and everybody do what's best for the series. And I hope they can get it done. Yep. And everybody go to www.thesuperspeedway.com and check out Eric's stuff and go to Facebook and look at all the awesome photos that Eric got during the Eldora week. It's fantastic. I have to, I have to put a bunch of them on Facebook because I have, I have like 200 of them or something sitting on my computer yeah. right now. I can tell you actually how many. I know, I you've been, you've been sharing them on your, on your account and it, they've, yeah. they're just awesome. 213 so. photos right now that I need to post. Of some of those have been posted, but so, um, well, there you go. So yeah, I, I think uh, that probably covers Eldora at this point. It was a it was an excellent race, good race weekend. Um, next year, it's not in conjunction with any Cup weekend, so we'll see how that goes. I am going to do everything I can to get back there again, um, even though it makes it a little tougher with me doing these Cup races and stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna find a way to do it, and maybe in a couple of years I'll be going to cover a Cup race there. Maybe. There you go. A um, couple news items really quick. We'll bust through these kind of fast. Um, Stuart Haas made a bunch of pit crew changes uh, to all four of its teams this uh, weekend and also some teams that they rent crews out to, if I remember correctly, because I think there was mention yeah, of Michael front McCall. Row. Yeah, yep. um, I mean, I don't know if there's really much to talk about there. They're trying to 
fine tune everything and, and yep. get themselves playoff ready and do it now. Yeah. Yep. And I don't think that's uncommon. Um, they were talking to, um, I forget who it was they were talking to on Sirius, but they were talking about, you know, whether these guys are, you know, some of these guys might be disappointed because they might've gone from, you know, a car that's qualified for the playoffs to one that's not. And, and basically Stuart Haas said that these guys work for Stuart Haas and they, that's how they come to work. That's how they expect to work. They don't work for a particular team and they go where they're expected to go and work as hard as they can where they're at. So hey, you're, you're getting paid to do a job. Go do your job. Exactly. You're under contract. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> the way it goes, that's sports, man. You know, that's like if some, if a player gets traded and they're making $20 million a year, I don't want to hear you crying that you got traded. You've got a job and you have a contract. That's the way it goes. Right. Um, it's been a week since uh, since the testing at the Roval at Charlotte, but we haven't been we haven't recorded since then. So um, I don't know if there's much to say. Uh, obviously, William Byron had some trouble. Uh, lost his Kyle breaks. Bush looks freaking oh. awesome going through the chicane. That's did you chicane. how many times oh, did you man. watch Kyle Bush go through the chicane? I had a GIF that would just or it was a video that would replay on Twitter, and I just watched it for like five minutes. Kyle Bush gunning it through the chicane was the most excited I've been for the race. Yeah. I haven't. I, I've been excited for the race. But watching Kyle Busch navigate that sucker is <laughs> exciting because if nobody else figures it out, he could either run away with it or it's going to get really exciting really fast. Yeah, definitely. Um, Charlotte Motor Speedway is installing synthetic turf through the entire front stretch through the through the trioval. Um, they already had some in in the first section of grass. Uh, uh, they installed it last year, but they are now installing it throughout the rest of the trioval. Um, supposedly it'll slow the cars down quicker than grass, um, et cetera, et cetera. We really haven't seen it tested very much. Um, I don't think we've seen it tested in any of the actual races. They pretty much avoided that portion of the, of the grass. Um, I guess my big question is what's, what's the splitter going to do when it hits it? Uh, maybe it's just going to glide right through it. That maybe would be, it's be that so would be flat. awesome. It's, that would be really nice. I'd like to this see is that. the Eric young uh, wish. This is on the Eric young NASCAR wish list. I think, is I think it? they're, I think you can cross it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember having these conversations with you where you said, why don't they just do, you know, something else instead of grass or paint the asphalt green. Yeah. I remember you saying that to me one time. It would it, at least. And I'd rather they stop ripping the front ends off these cars, but, yeah. uh, um, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, but anyway, so not really too newsworthy, but just thought I'd mention that. Uh, yep. Something a little bit more newsworthy. Five Hour Energy announces it is leaving Martin Truex Jr. and NASCAR at the end of the season. Leaving uh, Martin Truex Jr.'s team and Furniture Row Motorsports looking for a sponsor for that car for next year. Um, kind of crazy, again, to be talking about the pa last year's champion and one that's in the running for the championship this year, short of sponsorship. Yep. Um, Truex said basically that they weren't surprised, but it came a little later than they were hoping it would come. Um, and basically talk, there was talk about, I read an article from, uh, Oh, it was the, it was the next article. We we're going to talk about this Forbes article, um, where AJ Allmendinger was talking about the amount of money that it costs them to run, uh, GT Doherty racing and their teams. And it's, I mean, it's, He's talking. A lot of money. He's talking a lot of money for a team that's a mid-tier team versus Martin Truex Jr. It's a championship team. So, Truex basically said that he doesn't think uh, that that they'll be able to run that team out of pocket like they did previously and run Furniture Row on the car. So, they will need sponsorship, but he's confident and hopeful that something will come along. So, uh, anything to add there, James? Uh, I think the last time this happened was uh, Tony Stewart when he won, and uh, Office Depot ended up leaving. Right. Uh, you know, fairly soon. I think it was one more season in there, and then they were gone. 
just the nature of the beast. Even when you got a championship team, you can't keep your sponsors the entire time. So this Forbes article that we're going to talk about now, um, and I don't know how much we'll get into it. I don't know if you've had a chance to read the whole thing, James. But oh yeah, I read it. Yep. It uh, there's some talk in there about this new plan that they're looking at for, um, for sponsorship and and whatnot, for title yeah. sponsorship and everything. And it mentions in there that they're talking about, um, you know, unifying that a little bit. So so the, you know, um, uh, bundle sponsorships of TV network tracks and sanctioning body beginning in 2020. Unification process lends itself to reaching sponsorship agreements with greater ease by bundling sponsors, uh, get away from having to reach individual agreements with drivers, teams, tracks, and NASCAR as a sanctioning body. The way that's worded, I hadn't heard talk like NASCAR was going to be part of getting sponsorship for the, the cars, too. That'd be a really interesting system if we could figure out a way to where, you know, there's like one sponsorship group and they all like. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see if something like that would work. Yeah. Um, I know that there's going to be a lot of teams that aren't going to be on board with that because they are successful at getting their own sponsorship and getting their own deals. So, right. um, I don't know. I guess it's a, it, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. I, well, I'm, I'm proud of us because we talked about the first part of that on this podcast many, many months ago. Right. So I feel like we, I feel like we're ahead of the game a little bit. I think so. Um, but yeah, the, but what you said, the driver's side, and the team side, I did not know that that was out on the table. Right, but that I, would be- I don't know how accurate. I mean, this is Forbes. Uh, no, nothing against Forbes and their reporting, but they're not necessarily at the track every weekend. Although there were multiple articles this week from Forbes um, on NASCAR, so they're they're looking at it pretty close. They're right doing now. homework. Yeah, I think when NASCAR was up, quote unquote, up for sale, I yep. think somebody like Forbes is going to start snooping around, which is good. Yeah, we exactly. Need, yeah, we need a we need a Forbes in there telling us about the business side. I think a lot of people don't really understand. Yep. You know the business side of NASCAR, and I think a lot of people would find that interesting too. So this Forbes article, uh, it's in the show notes. If you go to www.thesupersweetway.com, um, the show notes are up there, and there's a link in there for those. And it, it talks about well, the, the article is it's titled uh, "NASCAR Isn't Dying, But Insiders See a Sport in Transition," and it really talks about you know there, there's talk about the different you know the changing changing of the guard, the the, the top notch drivers, the Jeff Gordons, the you know, Tony Stewart's the Dale Earnhardt Jr. is leaving the sport. And now we've got this young group that's come in and nobody's really s- stepped up to, you know, to become one of those big stars yet. And, and so there's that transition. Um, and it talks a lot about the, you know, gaining millennials and actually how much millennial viewership there is with NASCAR. And, you know, that's something, it, you know, it's really easy for those people that are negative and, and down on NASCAR there was, there's one, and I won't mention his name. I really, really, really want to call him out. I really want say to, it. No, I'm not going to do it. I really want do to do it. it on Twitter, and I really want to do it on the podcast, but I'm not going to call him out. But there is do somebody <laughs> that reports on NASCAR that has been so negative that it's just gotten under my skin so bad, and repeatedly tweets pictures of empty grandstands and things like that. And it's like, okay, so maybe the problem isn't that there's so many fewer people watching NASCAR. Maybe the problem is that our, the way we measure it is outdated and we're measuring it by butts and seats at the track and people answering questions on, you know, a rating survey that are completely antiquated to begin with. And we aren't considering the digital numbers and the people following on Twitter and the people that watch YouTube and the people, you know, there's people are watching this stuff somewhere and, you know, maybe, maybe the streaming, you know, they don't measure streaming very well right now. 
Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of areas that might not be being measured. So it might not be as doom and gloom as it appears to be. Um, and maybe that's just being being overly optimistic again. But I don't I think, feel like it's as bad as some of these people want to make it out to be. Yeah. Listen, it's not baseball. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think baseball's got a bigger problem than right. Uh, baseball is not willing enough to change. And that's the problem. Right. Right. Um, the thing is we're in a different time, man. Yeah. We've talked about it plenty of times. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't watch every race start to finish. It's just not part of my lifestyle right now. It's, it hasn't been, but I do, I, but I, I do it with DVR and I skip the boring yeah, parts. And I don't, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Or I skip I don't the have, commercials. Yeah. I don't have DVR, but if I'm not watching the race, I'm aware of what's going on during the race. I've got Twitter going or, um, you know, some sort of communication with, with, you know, with my phone on something, I've got something I'm, I'm tapped in. Right. It doesn't mean I have to watch the, you know, I don't have to watch 500 miles. Yeah. The amount of time I view tweets from the drivers and highlights on Twitter and YouTube. I mean, I watch NASCAR constantly on YouTube, you know, yeah. old races and this and that and highlights and radioactive and all this stuff that, I mean, I haven't watched, I haven't watched NASCAR race hub episode in I, how long has Race Hub been on TV? Yeah, it's but all consumed. I watch Race Hub all the time. I just, I mean, I, for example, I'm a big fan of the late night shows. I like Jimmy Fallon. I like Conan O'Brien. I like Jimmy Kimmel. You know when the last time was I watched one of their shows? Never. I follow their YouTube channels and I watch their clips on YouTube. Yeah, you know, we that's, have time. That's how we what? do it now. We are, uh, we are a people now that have so many things coming at us. We can't right. possibly consume everything that we want to consume. It's just not it's just not physically possible for us unless we had some sort of a time travel device where we can go back and we just can't do it. Right. But we have DVR. We have well, not DVR. only that, but we're also so I don't know about you, but I've become so ADD that if I sit down and try and watch a race straight through, I'm like, oh, I got to go do this. I got to go. That's why I love going to the yeah. race and sit in the press box because I can tweet. I can do this. I can. I'm not even hardly watching the race. I'm talking about the race. I'm talking to people. I'm interacting with people. Yeah. And that's. I, that's one thing I lose with the DVR thing because I can't do that because I'm not watching the race live with everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. So, and yeah. now with YouTube TV, it's actually a little bit too delayed. So the stuff pops up on Twitter and, <laughs> and I, I see it before it happens and it can be a little frustrating too. Eric's biggest pet peeve. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's the biggest complaint I have about YouTube TV. I can't complain too much, but I mean, you know, people like to compare, you know, there was, there were tweets posted of pictures of the, ARCA crowd at Kentucky Speedway back in like 2003 or whenever and, and how full the stands were compared to the cup race last Sunday or a couple Sundays ago. And it's just, it, you're comparing apples to oranges. You just, you're never going to have those attendance numbers again. It's just never going to happen. You're also never going to have Seinfeld viewing numbers on TV. It's just that stuff doesn't happen anymore. There's too much stuff competing and there's only so many people and so much time in the day to consume those things. And the fact that you can time shift and the fact that you can do this stuff. Um, I think, I think there's more viewership in NASCAR than, than people think, but it's come become really cool to hate on the sport. And it really ticks me off. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to add to that. <laughs> I think we see too much of it. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to dwell on that too much, but I don't right. think we're, I mean, we're just regressing back to the means a little bit and that's fine. Yep. That's fine. All right, let's move away from that one then. Again, check out the article. It's it's uh, in the show notes. Check that out. It's, it's good. It's a good, it's good read. read. Yep. yep. Um, quick question, and this came up this weekend after uh, at New Hampshire when we had rain delays. 
Should this is my question? Nobody else asked this. Well, I'm sure other people asked this, but this is my question: Should NASCAR require tracks to have lights? What do you think, James? Is it? Are you asking just for the track, I or are we, ta- are we talking the, full uh, infrastructure that goes with having lights? I am talking: Should NASCAR require tracks to have lights so they can run at night? I'm not saying that they have to have night races. I'm saying that should it rain and push a race back, that we could race start the race at 10 o'clock at night versus two o'clock in the afternoon if if the weather persists here's my pushback okay and i'm, I'm playing devil's advocate with okay. you i think that there are tracks that are so remote that just having lights at the track is fine and it's probably a good idea but getting from the track safely home i see where that could be on the infrastructure side could be a little bit more difficult if you know what i'm getting at okay where it's not it's not just about the action on the track it's are the tracks that remote like I, what track are you thinking them, i think a lot of them are pretty remote well i'm thinking like i'm thinking like at mis for example if you're parked way the heck out there you're trying to cross the road and there's just no lighting. Well, you bring you know? portable lighting in, though, at crosses and stuff. That's well, sure. That's not I, a big deal. I'm just playing, yeah, and I'm just saying that's something I've heard in the past. Because, I mean, honestly, I've, I just dealt with Chicago and Kentucky, and a lot of, like, the outside of the track is not equipped with lights. They just bring in portable lighting. Sure. Um, I guess that's, you know, that was just my, I don't know. I, I've heard that take before. I haven't put as much thought into it as maybe I'd like to. That take sucks. <laughs> here's my here's my thought i think if you're a cup track i think if you got a cup date you're bringing in a lot of money from the from the tv contract for a cup race i think if you're a cup track you have lights i don't care about I'm, the, I'm the, the standalone xfinity races standalone truck races i don't have i don't feel like you can require it for those but i think for a cup race you should have the have the ability to run a night race if you need be people spend a lot of money to come out to these races i i mean i don't know what it costs to put lights into a track but I know some of the, the projects that they're doing at these tracks, they could put lights in these some of these things. I mean, there's not that many that are left without them. I think there's only like six. Jeff Gluck just put a post up of the tracks that do have lights and that don't have lights. And maybe maybe you make an exception for Indianapolis because of the his, history behind it. Okay, we don't stick lights up at Indy. It's probably almost impossible to light that place anyway. Um, but everywhere else you stick lights up. I mean, honestly, the big what, what are the big challenges you have? You've got, I mean, I would say Michigan is a big challenge because it's a big track um, in Talladega. And other than that, it should be pretty easy to do. Talladega under the lights. Yeah. Can you imagine? (laughs) Oh, my God. But I don't know. I just I feel like it's I I hate losing races because of of daylight, Um, especially when you start talking fall races or early spring races when it gets dark early. I hate, you know, it's eight o'clock at night. You can still finish a race, but we can't because we don't have lights. So you know it's what would happen, and this is the great thing: people complain about everything. You put lights in at all the tracks, and they decide, yeah, let's throw the green flag at ten o'clock, yeah. and everybody and everybody's angry. Yeah. So you can't please, you can't <laughs> please anybody. No, no. People still have something to complain about. Right. Anyway, that's just my thought on it. I wanted to throw that in there. I love it. Probably could have done that as a do you care topic. I've got three do you care topics this week. Oh, my God. I'm excited. So we'll try and go through these kind of quick. First one. It has now been a year. Actually, let me read this. This is NASCAR man underscore RR. 
I wanted to bring this up on the podcast, and <laughs> you already beat me to it with the notes, so I'm glad you have it. At NASCARMan underscore RR on Twitter tweets, it has officially been one year since Hendrick Motorsports won a cup race. The last time they had a drought over a year was when they were winless from June 1991 to September 1992. Derek Cope is the only driver still active who was racing around then. My God. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a... I mean, do we care? That's a big deal, right? I think Rick Hendricks should care. <laughs> right. I mean, that's huge, especially when you got... And the last got, guy got... to win for them was Casey freaking Kane. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. And I think it shows you what that team, you know, what situation that team's in right now. And I would be worried if I was them. All of the great franchises in the history of sports go through downturns. Right. The Red Wings... You know, right now, yeah. look at the Red Wings right now. Oh, they no suck. kidding. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Rick Hendrick hasn't had a lot of down years. So they're in the middle. They're in a little bit of the doldrums right now, but they will get it back. I'm not, I'm not worried about them getting to victory lane. They still have Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, they're not. I mean, it's not like Hendrick going anywhere. Yeah, and they're building for the future right now. They're doing what every great franchise does. Sometimes right. you got to bottom out, and that's what Hendrick's done. They've They've lost – Two Hall of Famers. Um, Casey Kane didn't pan out. He's gone. And now you got a bunch of youngsters in there with probably the greatest driver of all time. There's yep. still a good structure there. You just, you know, the team's just going through some some pains right now. They'll get they'll get back. Yeah. I'm with you there. I wouldn't be too worried about it. Worried about it. If I were them, I wouldn't be too worried about it. I do care, though. I mean, that's, you know, that's a long time for Rick Hendrick not to have a win. Yeah. And, you know, we need... It's been, it's been fun to see these new powerhouses there. We need more powerhouses. We need more of these teams. I want to see Roush come back to competing. I want to see Hendrick competing again. I don't want to see Stuart Haas or Joe Gibbs do any less. I want to see a good mix of competitive teams, not yeah. just one or two teams that's doing all the dominating. Yeah. So. And right now we've got two teams technically, with if you count Martin Truex Jr. Right. with the Gibbs camp. You've got two teams, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, number two, NBC got to the, the guys in the booth, which was uh, without Rick Allen on Sunday, um, got to wear casual clothing for Sunday's broadcast. Fans overwhelmingly voted for them to wear jeans and NASCAR T-shirts instead of the other two options, which were polos. Or it was basically casual outfits, polos, whatnot, or the full-on suit and tie um, you know, that they normally wear. Do we care? Uh, no, I'm good with it. I I I'm like that it. they did it. I don't care that they don't, did it. Don't and do it every week. But I don't yeah, care yeah. what they wear, man. Who cares? They're just talking in the booth anyway. I don't care. They don't. I mean, I'm not a clothing guy. I am not a dress up guy. Yeah, you're a casual. Yeah, you are definitely a casual. I am perfectly comfortable with khakis and a and a polo shirt. I think they'd be fine with that on a race weekend. I don't think they need a suit and tie. I think that's stupid. I think the race t-shirts was a cool one-time thing and not something they should do every week, but I do think that, and I heard Jeff Gluck talk about this and Jeff was like, Jeff was all fired up about this. I don't know why he's so angry. (laughs) Um, but he did say he gets fired up about some funny stuff. He does get fired up with funny stuff. (laughs) He doesn't care about things. And then he just, he gets this one thing that just like Daytona day. He's so, he hates Daytona day so much. And he and he dresses just as casual as any other reporter at the track. I mean, you know, I got a picture of him. I think it, I think it was on my time hop today of the first tweet up at Eldora. I should mm-hmm. send it. I should tweet it to Jeff because it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he's got a ball cap on, and I mean, come on, Jeff. Right. But he he did say he doesn't want to see NBC ruin their. Uh, they've built a pretty good reputation mm-hmm. so far. That as, is true. As, 
and you don't want to see them clowning around with you know like taking Rick Allen out of the booth. I think it's bigger, is a little bit more egregious yeah. than the T-shirts, but you know, I I mean I'm fine with it. Since you mentioned it, we talked about it a little bit last week. What do you think of that? Ah, uh, I think Dale Jr. needs somebody like Rick in the booth. He was really getting on my nerves. I think they need some direction in the booth. It just it's, yeah, it just doesn't work. Take- yeah, you can't take your lead man out of the booth. No. Yeah, I just I, I don't like that. Don't That's like... what I don't like about the drivers only broadcast is that you, you need don't a... have a lead guy. You need a parent driving the car. You can't yep. let the kids drive the car. Yep, agreed. And and those guys are all professionals and they all do a great job, but they're not. It's fine for the Xfinity series to bring in Kevin Harvick or whatever and goof right. around. It was. But... Let me say this: it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, it wasn't terrible. It's just yeah, you've got a good reputation. I don't know. Let Rick let Rick do his job. I did get a little annoyed with the whole like, I've I, I'm Rick Allen. I'm down in. I've never been on pit road before. Check out this TV screen. Right. I to, yeah, like, Rick okay, was. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he was that. He was peak Rick. Yeah. Uh, annoying, but, <laughs> but he. I mean, I felt bad for the guy. The guys worked his way up, and you take him out of the booth right away. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. So it's his job. So this I'm last just, one, James, I added, and I didn't put any description on here to tell you what it is. It just says wind stickers. So this one, I just, I, I, I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to add it in here, and I forgot about it, and I just. How does this annoy you? Is what I. <laughs> do you know what it is? The putting the wind stickers on the car after the no, race. No, no, I love that. Okay. So there was a picture of Kevin Harvick putting the wind sticker on his car, his sixth oh, no. win this this weekend at New Hampshire. How many wind stickers are in his car? How many does he get to have? How many wind stickers are in Kevin Harvick's car right now with his sixth win? With his sixth win, he should have six. No, he doesn't. Well, he has he has one. seven. What? Because he won the All Star race. Ah, uh. that is complete crap. Do I care? Yes, I care. The All Star race is not a win. Well, Kyle Busch had not won on every track in the series until he won the Coca Cola Six Hundred, won a points paying race. Michael Waltrip did not win a race in NASCAR after he won the All Star race. He won a race when he won the Daytona Five Hundred. This is an unexpected turn for me. That is not should not be on the car. That is not a race win. Well, here's my here's my question. Do, you don't you, uh, can can Harvick put stickers on there for his Xfinity wins too? He should put. Well, should, I mean, he won at the go kart <laughs> track Saturday night. Maybe he should stick a sticker on there for that. Well, who? Okay, so who won the open or who won the uh, the shootout this year? I don't even the remember. The clash. I don't know. So let me. Here's my thing. Does does the clash winner get a sticker? I don't know. I might have to do some research on that. Does the dual winners get stickers? Right. They should. They get points. What about stage races? Yeah. Can stage winners get stickers? This is stupid. Oh, boy. I'm very unhappy about the seventh sticker. I don't think he should have seven stickers. This is the most unbelievable thing you've ever been fired up about. (laughs) That's really good. Doesn't it bother you, though? It really bothers me. That's not accurate. It doesn't bother me, but. It bothers me. I mean, it's probably defined as the all-star sticker. It's probably not the same as it's the other. It's a win sticker, man. Look at the stickers. I'm telling you, it's a win sticker. Uh, well. I'm getting a picture of the stickers at Michigan. I'm going to go stand next to the car, and I'm going to p- get a picture of the win stickers. Well, his, his whole car is going to be green by the time. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. That was a good one. I guess James, I, James doesn't care, but I do. That was an unexpected turn. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. All right, this weekend is the Gander Outdoors 400 from Pocono Raceway. Um, I am going to get the first pick, and we'll kind of rush through this because we're at about an hour, which is where we like to be at. Where is the one I'm looking for? 
I don't even know who to pick at Pocono. Are we taking the uh, the three headed monster out of? Should we take the three hundred? Mo- you get to pick that pick this week. Are we are we taking them out? I, don't or think, I think we should banish them until the playoffs. You think so? They're not allowed. We can't pick them every week. You can't. Right. I here, here's the deal. Pick? Next year. Next year, this is going to be our fantasy. We're gonna we're gonna keep track of points for this. I like that because I I'm done with our fantasy league. I quit. You passed me this week. No, I I'm a, I quit. You quit. I'm not you... picking drivers anymore. <laughs> You're laughing at me. Why are you so mad? Hold on. Let's <laughs> here, let's let's make our picks for this weekend, and then I will explain to you why. Well, I quit fantasy football probably for the same reasons many years ago, and it's, but it was the greatest decision of my life. Why am I not driver statistic? Oh, that's why. Okay, average finish. Okay, this is not right. What am I in here? I'm clicking on the wrong thing, James. Are you looking at? Somehow I've got. There we go. Somehow I ended up with like drivers that from the seventies in my top of my. Oh list. yeah, you gotta yeah you gotta get current. I thought I did that. Last ten races. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So we're saying top three are out. <sighs> Who's even good there? Can I? I'm taking Ryan Blaney. Screw it. Oh, I like that. That's that's kind of a cop out. I think Blaney's won there, but I'm taking Blaney. You know what? I'm gonna make an unexpected pick for me. Right. Chase Elliott. Let's do a it. Good one. He'll win Show now. Show me something. I'm excited about that. He'll win now. Show me something, Chase. And I'm getting off the Kurt Busch bandwagon. Yeah. Although <laughs> probably he'll probably win this week now that I've stopped picking him. So. Right. <laughs> Come on, Chase Elliott. It's time, dude. You had a really nice run at New Hampshire. Come on. There you go. Calling you out. Uh, do you it. got Dark Horse first. Oh, the old DH, eh? Yep. I know who mine is, and if you pick him, I know who my second pick is. Um, uh, this Chris Busher doesn't count, so I'm not going to pick him. I'm just laying it out there. He could, he didn't win that race because he was strong. He won yeah, that he race won. because it rained. Busher, uh, Busher, you can pick Busher. No, I don't want Busher. All right. I want nothing to do with Chris Busher right now. Um, oh my God. Stenhouse. Stenhouse, really? I don't have an explanation for it. I'm just picking him. Wow. Put him on there. Probably just to annoy you. Yeah, that does annoy me. I don't have any other explanation. All right. Than- I had mine decided, and now I'm I'm wavering. Now I'm going with the same one. I'm going to go Daniel Suarez. Yeah, that's a good one. Not really a, a strong reason for that. I almost want Eric Jones there. Actually, I was going to go Eric Almarola, but he's getting out of Dark Horse category now. Yeah, Eric Almarola is... He's there. He's there. We picked him as a favorite a couple weeks ago, I think. One of us did. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. This is why I don't like, I'm not doing the fantasy league anymore, James. So I'm going to do probably really well for the next couple weeks because I'm not going to change my drivers. So Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. I'm at the track at Kentucky, and I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't pick my drivers. Oh, good. Qualifying hasn't happened yet. I can go ahead and change my drivers. I go in. It's two hours before qualifying. Nope. Hit the deadline. Can't change my drivers. Why is that? I don't know <laughs> why the deadline always is when qualifying starts. Why is it two hours or more than two hours before qualifying? I think there's a certain time deadline. Yep. I don't it, know what. that time got me out of the fantasy league. <laughs> well, I'm done Good enough <laughs> because I'm Good so frustrated me. with it. Like I already forget to do it all the time. And then I actually remember I'm at the track. I know they haven't qualified and fantasy I still can't do it. Is 
the most pain in the butt it is thing of all time i agree <laughs> i hate fantasy sports i don't know why we decided to do it i'm well we decided to do it because we were hoping a bunch of people would do it with us and so far only todd has <laughs> well we got that you know we got well we it's a four person that's league. right yeah I and mean, we appreciate those who have joined us but we were hoping for a much larger number Todd. no offense to the people that did join us again we really appreciate it should Todd but be insulted by your Todd shouldn't be insulted because half the time he doesn't pick either oh and he's whooping our butt I know <laughs> well he's gonna whip my butt for good now so good I'm done he's out <laughs> so I'm not even gonna plug it don't even go to the fantasy good. league guys All right, we're done screw yeah, the fantasy league Yep. <laughs> but Good enough. instead of going to the fantasy league, go to patreon.com slash the super speedway. If you want to support us, um, help us get some more tracks, help us do some more coverage, all that stuff. Um, if you like what you're seeing, uh, please consider supporting us. There's a few different tiers there that you can do um, to become a part of the show. So patreon.com slash the super speedway. James, if they want to find you during the week, how can they find you on social media? At James Cush on Twitter. You can find me at T super speedway on Twitter. You can find the Super Speedway on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Super Speedway. Our website is thesuperspeedway.com. You can find the podcast on there. Um, show notes, there's all kinds of coverage, again, from Eldora, uh, Kentucky, Chicago, Michigan this year. Uh, more coming from the August Michigan race as well. Um, so definitely check that out. If, uh, if you haven't, we appreciate it. If you do, uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud, wherever you uh, found us today. We hope that you continue to subscribe and continue to listen. James, anything else that I missed? I think that's it. That is it. It feels like, I don't know, I feel off for some reason. It might be because well, I'm you've completely been on exhausted. The road. Well, you've been on the road for like 15 days. <laughs> I still haven't caught up on sleep. I'm so screwed up. And then I have this event that I have to cover this weekend for, for my actual job that will have me up till about 530 in the morning on, sa on Sunday morning. But that canoe race thing? Yep, the canoe race. The Osabo oh. River Canoe Marathon, which, by the way, is awesome. I'll tell you what. I love covering NASCAR, and I wouldn't put anything above NASCAR. I mean, it's quite a thrill. But this canoe race is actually quite a thrill, too. It's really fun to cover. So um, I volunteered to do it because I'm already up late for Tri-City Motor Speedway on Friday night. So I figured, well, I'll just stay up late Saturday night, too. Um, but it's it's pretty neat to stand on this dam, it, this emptiness and watch these lights come across this pond and then well it's actually a lake they call it a pond but come across this lake and then all of a sudden they burst into this light and they portage over the dam so they pull the canoe out and they go run down and then dive back it's just it's really cool it's like a nascar pit stop just about um but at five o'clock in the morning so it's pretty nice neat. definitely definitely very cool so anyway that's what i'll be doing this weekend and now we'll be still be all screwed up on sleep next week so <laughs> <laughs> Good times, good, good times. Good, but hey, good enough. Pocono is Sunday, so I should be able to get some sleep on Sunday. So, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. All right. On that note, we hope uh, you guys join us again next week. Again, check out thesuperspeedway.com for more coverage and uh, definitely some coverage coming up from Michigan, where I will be in August. So, until then, let's go racing. Uh -huh.